Okay, so so okay, fun fun stat. Vesitas Glow won 62 games for the Leafs. Uh Freddie Anderson has won 58 already. That was a pretty good Leafs game last night, wasn't it? Game of the year so far? Yes or no? Uh, I would say it's up there. It's definitely top five Leafs games of the year so far. But that's based on um, maybe who they were playing because the Islanders are not the greatest test of how a team is playing, I would say. It's a pretty solid... Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's all in agreement, I would say. The, they're bottom five in the league in expected goals against. So when you score a lot against them, it's kind of expected. And uh, but although shutting and, them out was also unexpected, it was definitely was unexpected, especially when Tavares had the puck and a seemingly open net at least twice. Yeah, in that I was going to say at least twice. Freddie was the first star of that game, I think. Not to take away from Dermot or Hall, Hall but um... Hall. It's Hall. It's pronounced Hall, but it's spelled well, H-O-L. I guess there was a hole in my understanding. Uh, I'll see myself to the Hall. I also think that expect like we. I don't want to take away anything from the game that Dermot and Hall played because they played very well. But also, when you're talking about a guy playing his first NHL game, your expectations aren't super high. Like, you're not going in like, oh, I think Hall's going to be really good tonight. You're like, okay, it's his first NHL game. He's been pretty good in the AHL. He's 26. Uh, He was in the ECHL three years ago. Let's see what happens. And he he exceeded expectations. He scored a goal. He did things that he does in the AHL, which yeah. is when most guys would just dump the puck in. He continues to carry it up the ice. I'm not sure if Babcock likes that so much, yeah. but it worked out last night. He scored a goal that went in between Grace's legs. And generally, you're probably not going to score on that shot very often, but he did. And congratulations to him. First goal in his first NHL that was game. A, you might say it was a real Gricey goal. <laughs> you might say uh-huh. he found a hole in Grice. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Um, can, I get some, can I get some Grice for that burn, please? On So on the other hand, the podcast. We, we saw it. We watched Dermot play last night, and he played really well. He's been playing really well ever since he got called up. But he's one of those guys that now you're starting to expect a little bit more every game from him. You're like, okay, he's mm. played good I think at least you while. expect the same. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, and to be, to be fair, it's his ninth NHL game, and he got paired up with a guy playing his first NHL game, and yeah, they've played together in the Marlies, but that's got to be tough, right? You're like, your your dad's there. You score your first NHL goal, but at least you got your buddy on a pairing with you after two of the other defensemen got sick. Yeah. Which is pretty, pretty special moment. I got us like, it was, that was emotional. Even Olivia had a tear and she is not a Leafs fan. 
and she was sitting there and she was like stupid dad stupid gold stupid maple <laughs> leave stupid look on his face with his chin strap in his mouth just getting mauled by neilander yeah, and matthews just, oh. yeah that was that was that was a really nice moment that was one of the the nicer moments of the year so far i think for sure and i think but when we talk so so you suggested that that might be the game of the year for the leafs but i think they're they've definitely considering what i expected from that game it was definitely up there because I, you know, while the Islanders give up a lot, they tend to score a lot too. Yeah. And the Islanders were coming in we hungry. Were playing without our top pairing. The Leafs were playing without their top pairing. Yeah. Now the Islanders were also playing in the second night of a back-to-back. So we can also say that. But having lost the, having they so they they lost the night before, and you have to think they came into Toronto with, you know, a little bit of vinegar in their mouth because they wanted to probably at least rescue two points and the Leafs it was their first game back from the all-star break so you would have to imagine that they might have had some rust plus two guys out literally puking their brains out so I think it was prime for the Islanders to take advantage of the Leafs and for like the first time in ages that wasn't the case it was it was a total domination by the Leafs I mean they had 50 shots on net after the first period, it was 14, or sorry, I think it was 13 to 4 shots in favor of the Leafs. I know, I saw that and I just giggled, and I was, my first thought was, these are not my Maple Leafs. Who and, are they? And it's one thing to get 50 shots on net, like, they. this is the second time they've gotten 50 shots on net in a game. The other time was against New Jersey, and they lost that game. It's one thing to get 50 shots on net when you're losing, and you're trying to catch up, and you're just, like, throwing the kitchen sink at the other goalie, like... The other team's just sitting back like, oh, we've got a big lead. Come at us. It's another thing to get 50 shots on net when you're winning 4 nothing, or 5 nothing, or 3 nothing, or 2 nothing, or 1 nothing. Yeah. They let it all those scores. Um, breaking news. Uh, breaking well, this news. Is huge news. But uh, the Maple Leafs have announced that the team has assigned Nikita Sashnikov to the Marlies for a conditioning. Oh, yeah, mode. for a conditioning. That, that makes sense. He's coming off a concussion and... Also, it's a convenient way to keep him technically on the NHL roster so he doesn't leave to go back to the KHL and also not have to play him because that's kind of the game they've been playing with Soshnikov all year is like, okay, your contract says at this date, if you're not in the NHL, then you can leave. So we'll call you up at that date and then you won't really play or you'll get into a game and then you got injured again. So then you're on IR. So you're technically on an NHL roster. You can't leave. And then now you're back from IR. Uh Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, well, conditioning stint. You know, I, if I was the Leafs, I would have zero concern with him going back to Russia. Yeah. That's what I don't Cause get what's he going like, to get a better situation than playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Like, unless you, you go and play for Moscow or St. Petersburg. Well, I mean, ba- playing would be kind of what he wants to do because like right now he's been just kind of in limbo for like the last two months i can if i'm him i can definitely see if my out clause is available i might take it because then i can at least go and play whereas right now like he's kind of just floating in no man's land well i mean and if i'm the leafs i'm like well if you want to leave like we're not really using you if I if if I'm the Leafs like, and Soshnikov said he wanted to leave, I would say, "All right, see ya." Like, why would you? Well, that's what I don't get either. Like, 
And the Leafs are the flagship organization in the NHL, right? So if you don't want to stick around, then show yourself the door. Like, no? It's a, it's it's an interesting situation because it's... I mean, his obviously he got concussed, so that changes it. But it's just weird how, like, he, you know, he got hurt, like, right after he came back up to the Leafs and then like he's you know it's just he hasn't been there at yeah, all yeah or he's been practicing with the team and that's it yeah uh, um the Leafs are gonna play the Rangers tonight who are just one point out of a wild card spot but apparently are planning on selling the farm uh at the trade deadline this year or at least rumored to so now do you mean selling the farm or do you mean getting rid of mcdonough nash and lundquist i don't i've i haven't heard anyone say they're going to trade lundquist other than me saying they should trade lundquist in fact it's funny because when you listen to the the trade rumors it's all well how can they trade those guys and just give it up for lundquist and i'm like well how come no one's mentioned that like i get it He's played for the Rangers his entire career, and it's awkward to trade him. But, like, why are you going to try and compete for Lundqvist if you think it's time to start rebuilding yeah, your team? like, who... It doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, why wouldn't you trade Lundqvist to a team who needs an elite goalie and get some assets and trade McDonough and trade Nash? Like, if you don't plan on keeping him around, get rid of them. Yeah. I was listening to I was listening to Leafs lunch a little bit this afternoon, and they were saying how McDonough's only twenty eight. And I'm like, cool, cool. So if you were to do a rebuild, which they need to, he's going to be probably thirty three right. by the time they would be probably ready it's to compete. So he's going to be the Kessel thing towards the like, end of his why career. Why did we trade Kessel? It's like and, yeah, well, and cause... his value is never going to be higher because we didn't think that they would rebuild in one year. Yeah, exactly. Although, something I did want to bring up in a minute, and I'll, I'll wait to bring it up, but I'm not sure if the Leafs got enough for Phil Kessel. But let me finish with the Lundqvist idea. Where in the West could he go, do you think? Oh, the West is tough. Um, St. Louis, maybe? There is rumors they might be interested in getting Carey Price. Um... Yeah, St. Louis has always needed a goalie. I'm trying to For think of teams. My brain just went, well, Philadelphia has always needed a goalie, and then I realized there's no way in hell Lundqvist goes from the Rangers to the Flyers. Yeah, no, that's not happening. Uh, the West is tough because, like, well, I mean, there's only a few teams that you're like, that team's good enough if they get a goalie to make a serious push. St. Louis is down. Like, I shouldn't say that because, I mean, St. Louis has had good goaltending this year, like, but they want a yep. guy, you know what I mean? Like, they've been looking for a guy for a while. Like, first it was, um, it was they brought in Ryan Miller for one year. Then they tried Brian Elliott, and then he didn't work. You know what I mean? Like, they're always looking for that star goalie that's going to be elite. Um, and Lundqvist would, mm-hmm. would definitely give them that. I mean, you look at the Rangers, they're bottom... Okay, so the Rangers are a bottom five team in terms of expected goals against but they're actually only 20th in actual goals against. So thanks, Lundqvist. He's brought the, he's yeah. pulled them up five spots. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. They're giving up enough high-quality chances that they should be five spots worse 
in the standings in goals against. They should be giving up more goals. Um, needless Speaking to say, there should be against. some offense tonight, probably. Yep. Um, I was going to say, speaking of goals against, I was thinking about when we had just started this podcast and I was talking about how, sure, the Sens are in a playoff spot in the Atlantic, but they're the only team in a playoff spot with like a more than negative goal differential. And I'd like to finally say I told you all so. I. That's all. I mean, I, th- that's all. I think at the start that's, of this, I, just... I think... At the start of this season, there was a lot of people on that the Sens aren't good bandwagon. Yeah, I was I was on that before the playoffs started last year. I think there so... was a lot of people that were also on that bandwagon last year. A lot of them weren't Sens fans, but there were a lot of people that were like, <laughs> eh, maybe this isn't gonna continue. And actually, people didn't expect it to continue in the playoffs, which apparent which it did, because now they're just one goal away from the Stanley Cup final can be. Is going to be used for so many years to keep that franchise down. Well, why would we rebuild? Yep. We were only one goal away from the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Why would we rebuild? We gave Colorado our first round pick. And when the Leafs made the playoffs in the lockout shortened season, they were only one goal away from the second round. That didn't ooh, make them ooh, a good I team. A, <laughs> I have an. I have a thought. I have a thought. Back to the Lundqvist idea. Okay, continue. Expand think on your about thought. The, think about the. I'm, I'm pausing to prep you because I don't want you to react right away. I want you to think about it for like five seconds. Okay. Vancouver. Now, the Sedins get one more year. Lundqvist gets ultimate shot at the cup with young Vancouver team with his Swedish Sedin teammates. And... Uh, Oh, I already don't like this because Vancouver has no need to sell prospects for an older goalie. Never mind. On the one hand, Jim Benning would totally do that. On the other hand, the Canucks are not one good goaltender away from being a playoff team. No, I was trying to think like next year with um, Besser being a year older and the Sedins being in their last year. I thought, well, maybe they make a push for a playoff spot because they're not a train wreck this year. And I thought, well... Maybe lo- I'm pretty sure the Sedins are in their last year this year. I saw. I think they wanted to come back for one more year. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I don't. I don't see Lundqvist actually yeah. going anywhere because there's no way in hell he. Oh no, I don't either. I'm just. I just find it's interesting that no one ever talks about it as a possibility. Like no one's ever like. Well, and I understand goaltending in trades. You never get the return that you deserve on a goaltender when you trade no. them. But I'm like, unless you're trading them, if too you're talking Toronto. about a rebuild, you know how you get to be real. You know who's probably gonna keep you from getting a really top draft pick in the next couple years, Henrik Lundqvist. Because guess what? He's gonna keep putting up 920 save percentages and keep you from really sucking and bottoming out and getting a good pick. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's just it just boggles my mind that they're like, well, we gotta we gotta trade these guys so that they can kind of. They can compete next year for Lundqvist. I'm like, no, you you can't be, you can't. You're either rebuilding, or you're competing. You you can't be. We had this conversation last week. Being stuck in no man's land is useless, and I just, I just don't see why you wouldn't, why Lundqvist wouldn't want to go somewhere where he can actually compete for a cup before his career's over. Like I understand wanting to play for the same yeah 
the same franchise for your entire career. That's great. But on the other hand, it'd be nice yeah. to have a ring or at least play in another Stanley yeah. Cup final. And I don't think that's going to happen in New York. Um, so the Leafs have kept the Kadri Marlow Marner line together. Which is which, which is, is very good because calls. even after the Dallas game where they were very good, uh, Mike Babcock said he had to think about it over the All Star break, and then he thought about it, and then he realized that he'd be an idiot to break them up, and could hey look they that line scored another goal last night, and you know what's amazing is since yep. that's happened, Matthews and Nylander have started producing mm-hmm. points again. It's almost like if you have another line that can score. It creates room on the ice. Yeah. And it's nice that we have a fourth line that the Leafs have a fourth line that can actually do things like score and not just dump it yep. in. I mean, Komarov's been great since he's been put on the fourth line. He, he's not getting any tough matches anymore. Well, yeah, anymore. because look at the match. Exactly. Yeah, that's the, the thing. The thing is, he's still a good it's... player. He just wasn't playing against top players in the NHL good player anymore. Like... Yeah, it's it just made yeah, so maybe, much sense. Maybe the All Star break is good for him too, right? Maybe the All Star break gave him a little bit of you know because he's older, right? So he probably needs a little bit of a break in the middle of the season. It's also right? it's also interesting that we're going to get to see McElhaney for the second time in three games tonight, probably. Um, when he before that he hadn't played since December, but that's just the yeah. way. This, but because we play two, the Leafs play two back to backs on either side of the All Star break he gets two games. It's just, it's like, yeah, you're going to sit for a month and a half and then you're going to play two games of our next three. Okay. Thanks. That's his job though, right? Oh yeah. No. And he played really well. I have to say he played really well against Dallas, especially um, when Dallas made their push in the third, like the Leafs, the Leafs, like, okay. So of the teams that the Leafs have played in the last two weeks, Dallas is definitely the best um, in terms of, puck possession and carrying play because the rest are just like no offense to Colorado but they're not that great and they lost to them but they beat the Sens who kind of suck they beat um <laughs> you that was a very nice compliment of you to the Sens they kind of suck they kind of even suck. then they had to come back in the third period to win that game then they lost that was if I might Colorado. say the turning point of well, just... their stinkage it's also interesting like, that they came back against Colorado the next game and lost that game, but played really well. And then they won the two games before the All-Star break. They've won against the Islanders, which... I want to see them produce offense against a team that's not bottom five in the league and goals against expected. And yeah. That'd be, be great. But they I think real, they can because the way they've been playing has been much better. Like, you just look at the way the lines have gelled since they made that change. You go, yeah, it makes sense that they're producing more offense because, A, they put Kapanen in the lineup, so he just, he can actually score on the fourth line. Komarov's playing on the fourth line, and even he was getting going before they made the lineup switch. Yep. And you're playing mobile, puck-moving defensemen like... Travis Dermott, Connor Carrick, uh, 
Paul. And Paul. Polak's Paul. out. It looks like Polak's going to... Yeah. yeah. Paul. Yeah. Polak's out. Um, Zaitsev came back. We totally glanced. So the the fact that Zaitsev was back last night, which probably saved the least butts, because if he had still been out, they were missing Hainsey and Polak and... Riley. Riley. Yes. I don't know who they would have played on defense. They would have been Valiant? like... Well, um, as well, Levo, can you go back there? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like, I don't know what they would have done, but, and he played, Zaitsev played really well last night and we shouldn't. Okay. So we're, we've, we've talked about the forwards and we've talked about Dermot and we've talked about Hall, but we didn't talk about how good Gardner has been in the last six yeah. games. Oh, time. Like Riley went down and Gardner was like, I got this. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess I better start playing good. Yeah, there was one. You. There was one defensive play this. he made last night on John Tavares, where I thought, "Damn, son, you're moving your feet." And then he made a less than smart pass right after, and I was like, "Well, fifty percent." Like, hey, he's got ten points in like six games and has been playing like twenty five minutes a night. So I'll give him the, I will give him the benefit of the doubt on a few miscued passes or turnovers if you're putting up those yeah. other numbers although i would rather he limit those turnovers if it meant limiting assists i would make that trade but i also haven't i haven't seen him make too many really no no bad and please don't think that I'm, I'm insinuating he's been bad four games i'm just saying that well it's just interesting because okay so in the dallas game he had two assists when sagan scored his goal which came off of Radulov stripping the puck from Gardner and feeding Sagan in front. And immediately, it was like, oh, there goes Gardner again, turning the puck over. I'm like, so is it turning the puck over when Matthews comes up behind a guy, lifts his stick, and takes the puck away? Or is that a takeaway? Because I'm guaranteeing you, most Leaf fans would say that's a takeaway by Matthews. So why doesn't that apply to Gardner when he goes behind the net, a guy lifts his stick and takes the puck? That's a good question. Also, Gardner had three assists that night and played 25 minutes, and they won the game. So maybe maybe focus on some of the other aspects of his game? I think in general, when it comes to, to Gardner and takeaways behind the net, they usually end up in the net. But it's one thing if he... You know I mean? if he like, like As a defenseman, I think you need to be held. Like you're, you're considered different than a forward when it comes to takeaways, right? You mean giveaway? Like, like if a guy lifts why... your stick... And takes the puck from you. That's not the same yeah. as you firing the puck up the boards right to another guy, or passing it right into your own slot to a guy. Or no, but as a right? defenseman, you know what you I mean. Probably like, as a defenseman, you should make it harder for him to do that or move the puck faster. You know what I mean? Like, but uh, on that occasion, they just won the draw, and he was literally just picking up the puck, and whoever was the winger just let Radulov go right by him, right to Gardner, like. How's he going to move the yeah. puck any faster? He's waiting for the winger to, like, he's waiting to yeah. make the, in some situations it's, that's true. It's tough because moving the, moving the puck faster can be effective. In other cases, you don't really have a chance to do that. And if you do move the puck, it might've been a wor- it might've been a worse giveaway. Yeah, right? no, I completely agree. No, I, I do agree. Right. It's, it's just sometimes you're in a position where it's, well, you can't skate it out and you have no outlet pass. So what do you do? Right. At that point, do you just ice it? Do you just skate it out anyways? 
there's an yeah. there's always an option you either can yeah like you, you can either try for i mean i'd rather have an icing than you turn the puck over in your own zone yeah i agree like i mean at least an icing you get a reset and you can win the draw and the breakout pa- the breakout can be reset right like that yeah oh it's all minutia so it's all yeah. it's all the details of the game you know good pro studies the game knows what to do under pressure um, um uh, just speaking some... of a guy who is good under pressure travis dermott makes some excellent plays when uh when and uh, we're probably going to tra- talk about travis dermott a lot because i really like travis dermott and i think a lot of these fans really like travis dermott because he's really fun and he can play up tempo offensively but um so doug mcclain did a really good assessment of him on, between the first and second period last night on his gap control yes. in the in the neutral zone and those are the kind of details that may not seem so exciting when you're watching the game but they're the kind of things that you're like that's what helps the Leafs win this game because john Tavares has the puck and he's just like no you can't have the puck or no you can't get into my zone exactly and that's exactly what i want to see gardner do more of the no you can't have this puck right you know who i want to see do that more nikita zaitsev because sometimes his gap control especially earlier this season was for a lack of a better term horrendous (laughs) and literally if you had the puck and you were coming down his wing he might as well just have been at the hash marks because he was going to let you walk right in i I would really love Um, to i would like to see him step up a little bit more i would love to hear from more players on uh what the transition from international khl ice is to nhl ice I, i would love to hear more about you know, is it that it is very yeah, is it very I difficult? But I don't think or his gap players... control was that bad last year. Yeah, he's maybe just in a slough, a, a slough I mean, more slump. You know, but I think like on the international ice, you'd want to gap control even more because there's so much more ice that the guy can go around you. So you want to be nice and tight to him. Yeah, you do. You know what I mean? Nice tight. You know, like it seems like that would squats. be. Yeah, you want to get nice some and tight. Squats for your gap get, control. Getting tight with those guys, and and control that control gap. Control that gap. No, completely. I, I would just love uh, to hear more from yeah from players on the like guys yeah, who have transitioned. Like people who talk about going from one size ice to the other are players who never had to do that. You know what I mean? Like the only times I've ever heard players talk about changing ice size. Is players who have never done it, or media guys who never played, will talk about it, or or guys who have gone from NHL to international. Like we hear a lot about it when there's going to be an international tournament on international ice, and the Cana- the Canadian team is oh well, they're going to have to play on the bigger ice. They're going to have to make an adjustment. You know, the goalies are going to have to change their angles. Uh, but you don't necessarily hear it. Well, you do. You hear the oh well, you know, he's coming over from Europe, so he's going to have to adjust to the North American game. But they usually, they describe it as the North American game because for whatever reason, it's like, well, the North American game is tougher and there's more hitting because there's not as much ice. The unspoken... Which I guess is... But they don't really necessarily talk about the the angles that... like we talk, I can talk about goaltending angles because I was a goalie. But I'm assuming that defensemen have a similar thing where they read the angle that the 
players coming in at, and then they have to try and either intercept him or cut off his pass angle, the angle that he would need to beat them to the front of the net, which I would assume would all change based on the size of your ice surface, right? I think the biggest thing that no one talks about, and I think it's just kind of you would come across like a dick if you put it across this way, but whatever, I'll do it, is making the adjustment is also about facing talented players on more lines. You know what I mean? Like, in the NHL, there's only 31 teams. If you're playing in Europe, you've got a relegation system, and you might end up playing against a team that really just sucks. You know what I mean? And so I feel like... Uh, especially if... Well, I I want to say no, but then I look at the KHL and, like... The KHL has, like, I two mean, good teams. They have, like, four good teams. Yeah, the NHL has probably and a bunch 20... of guys that are playing hockey. So the NHL, how many good teams would you say are in the NHL? <laughs> good teams. Good Not teams? just great. Not, like, gr- uh, great teams, good teams, okay teams. I mean, like, blanket term. That's a good team. You know, within, you know, striking distance of a playoff spot. 20? 20 teams uh, no. that could win on any night? The NHL has, like, NHL has, like, 10 good teams. But, I mean, I mean a team that, that you, like, could win on any night. If they, if they won, you'd be like, oh, okay. But that's because of parity in the league. That's not because they're good. Well, that's the thing, though, right? Like, the only way you get parity is by having talented like, players. No, that's by having a cap and a draft, and in the KHL you can just yeah. sign whoever you want. And I mean, you know what I mean? Like, so obviously, like coming, the reason they have parity is because they want to make it seem like it's closer than it actually is. When there's actually even ten t- good teams might be a stretch. Like, yeah, if Carolina and Florida are playing each other, uh, that's a bad example because the Canes are way better than Florida. Um, if, say, the Rangers and the Islanders are playing each other, yeah, either of those teams could win that night. Neither of them are very good teams, though. Yeah. They have good players on their team. Parts so, of their team are good. Okay. But they're not, like, a very good team. Are Are the Dallas Stars a good team? Yeah, I would say, I would say they're good. You know what I mean? Like... Uh, Above crap. They are the, their ninth place in the entire NHL. So I say, so if I'm saying there's 10 good teams in the league, then I would say, yes, they are a good team. Yeah, okay. Uh, is Pittsburgh a good team? No. Oh, okay. Well, the back-to-back cup champs are tied for 11th in the league. Yeah, but, okay. That's, but so you're that's talking what I'm about, saying, though, right? But you're talking about, you're saying, like, if you... Look at the Penguins. You've got five good players on that team. I should say yeah, five enough. great players on that team. Well, that's the Maybe thing, right? Six. They have great, right? And so I like I would argue that of the thirty-one teams, um, twenty-four down is just they're completely out of it, and everyone above that has a shot. So like Detroit, Edmonton, Florida, Vancouver, Montreal down. They're they're done. They're if you if you lose to them, it's your fault, not their credit for winning. Right? Yeah, I will say every team in the and NHL I would say like, has some great players on it. And then in the KHL and in Europe, I, I think that's aggressively not the case. So I think another part of the adjustment is having to adjust to coming into a league where 
more often than not, you're going to have a, a better game than than otherwise, right? Like, what are the two the two best teams in the K are? Um, SKA St. Petersburg and Red uh, Moscow one. What's the Moscow one? Uh, yeah, that one. That one. Red Star Moscow. Yeah, something like that. Who cares? But you know what something I mean. Like, like, if you play for either of those teams. Then you're not necessarily playing the best talent the rest of the time, no. And you're playing on a super team, so... Yeah. And I would argue the NBA has that problem, too. Oh, the NBA... The NBA for sure has that problem. The NBA has, like... Five good teams. Like, I would argue that the NHL is, competition-wise, the most interesting in North American sport. Or I shouldn't say the NBA has five good teams. I'll say the NBA has one super good team and then, like, three or four good teams. Conveniently, the Raptors are definitely one of those teams. They are, yeah. I would say they are conservatively the the fourth best team in the league, but maybe the third, depending on... But, like, when when you look at the NHL, despite the fact that Pittsburgh just won back-to-back... Um, Nashville just went to a cup final. San Jose just went to a cup final. Um, you know, you don't... Sure, you've gotten um, the bulk of the cups between Chicago and, and Pittsburgh and Boston and L.A. in the last 10 years, right? But at the same time, there are, have been so many other teams that have come close where, you know, football, you don't get that. Basketball, it's been the same two teams for you know four years now so um that i think is something the nhl should vote whoever's from the west and then lebron's team exactly so like this year because i mean technically when he was playing for the heat the heat went to all the finals and then he went to cleveland and then they started going to all the finals it was weird how that worked it was like there was a direct correlation there but i don't think the Cavs are going to be in the finals this year I could be wrong, they're but so they're pretty trash right now. Um, but one of the things with the NHL that, that is going to be nice this year is there's no way Pittsburgh goes back to the cup final, and there's no way Chicago goes back to the cup final. I will agree so, on I will agree on Chicago. I, I, I can't say that Pittsburgh won't go back to the cup final. But you just said not they're not a that. good team, though. You just I said didn't they say, were bad. But I said they have, like, five good players. They happen to be really good, five good players. Not, well, you amended like, it. At first you said they were bad, and then you said, well, they have five great players, and then that's... I did. I just said they aren't a good team. Like, they don't have a third line. Like, okay, what if they trade for a center at the deadline? Tyler That's Bozak. the big piece. They're, they're missing a third-line center, really, is what they're missing. And then, I mean, if Latang stays healthy and Schultz stays healthy... And Matt Murray can play like Matt Murray has in the last two playoffs. There and Kessel Kessel's like top three in the league in scoring right now. Yeah, they have a okay. So their power play is ridiculous. The top three point getters for power play points in the league are all on Pittsburgh. That's crazy. So you give them a power play, and they're going to probably score on you. Yeah, I'm just saying you don't count those guys out, especially when their division is just a pile of pretty okay teams. No, that's fair. Like, is there any good... Like, in the Metro, who is the best team in the Metro? Washington, probably. Washington? 
who, like, they're not the same Washington as last year, even. No. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, there's... I, I agree. Like, looking at it right now, I'm looking at the, the money puck make the playoff odds. And I could see a cup final with Tampa, Boston, Vegas, Winnipeg, Nashville, Washington. I can't see Pittsburgh going back. And then it's got Toronto, New Jersey, St. Louis. I don't think Toronto or New Jersey would be going to the cup final. I could see St. Louis doing it. And then it's got Columbus, Colorado, and that's I think that's where you run out of steam. But I watched um, um I watched that Winnipeg Lightning game the other night and Granted, it was their backup goalies in net, but yeah. oh my god, that was an amazing game. Like, you watch those games, and then you if you go and watch, like, two bad teams, you're like, is this a different sport? Yeah, like, no, exactly. Winnipeg is... Okay, so Shifley's practicing now. Winnipeg is good. Like, I can see Winnipeg being in the cup final. Yes. Um, I can definitely see the... So, the Lightning's issue is that although the Atlantic on the bottom half is complete trash, the top Good three luck teams playing somebody in the other division. The top three teams in the Atlantic are actually pretty good. Like Boston is yeah. good. The Leafs are. I'm sorry to say it, but the Leafs are pretty decent. Um, and you know what? I saw somebody point this out on Twitter through a conversation you were having, and the Leafs have played. Uh, the fewest number of the of their games in division. So yeah, they haven't played very many division games. And they the, played a lot of Western games. And the division is bad, and the West is good. So I think the Leafs are going to up that point percentage real quick. Like to close um, up the season, so yeah, they got to like, play Buffalo. So, a bunch, so that's pretty nice. So I don't even want to get into the fact that the playoff system in the NHL is stupid. We can get that into that in another episode, but. So Tampa to get to the Cup final would have to play a wild card team, which is probably going to be someone from it's going to be somebody metro, from the metro, which they should. In fact, yeah, they should beat that team. But that actually playing someone from the metro in the wild card is probably tougher than playing one of the bottom five teams in the Atlantic. Well, yes, right. So let's say they so they'll probably play like a Columbus or a Devils team or like. Philly, maybe if Philly yeah. can one of the Bosnia Wash together teams, right? get in there. Oh, not Wash, but Bosnia. Granted, Tampa sh- Tampa should yeah. beat those teams, but that's a way tougher series than having to play like Montreal or Buffalo or Ottawa or Florida. And, but you and did just name four teams that are wins in the, the Boston the Toronto series. Yeah, the winner of and then. After that, they'll have to play the best team in the Metro, whoever comes out of that. Mess. So then they'd have to play, like, Washington or Pittsburgh or... Oh, did I just say Washington when we make it to the third round? Yeah, Never mind. No. Just erase that part <laughs> of the That doesn't happen. Yeah. So then they'll have to play another good team from the Metro, because they're, like, I mean... Pittsburgh. They're not... And then they get to... Yeah. Like, th- let's face it, it's probably going to be Washington or Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, I mean, their wa- like that second round for them is going to be the real test. Because that's, like, let's say... What if Corey Snyder stands on his head? Well, that's though? what I'm saying. Like, the, I mean, the Devils, I don't know. The Devils have kind of faded. They started the season real hot. 
and they're kind of struggling right now, but Taylor Hall also broke his hand. They're, f- they're three, yeah. six, and one in their last Ungood. 10, so that's... It's not terrible. Not great. And their goal differential is but zero. Corey Schneider's hurt, and they were starting so. their... They're starting Ken Appleby of the uh, Oshawa Generals Memorial Cup winning team. So, I don't know. Can you... Like, if Schneider gets back and... No, you can't blame him. And gets healthy, they could be be a real good yeah, team. Yeah, I completely all, agree. All I'm saying is... So, what I'm trying to say is, we have no idea who's going to go to the Stanley Cup final. But, if you're basing it and on Pittsburgh, who's the best New Jersey team, could it still probably have should be the Lightning the versus somebody. Whether that somebody is Winnipeg, Nashville, or Vegas, I don't know. But so I would say that the Lightning should go to the Stanley Cup final if we're going by best teams, and they should play either one of Winnipeg, Nashville, or Vegas. Would yeah? Does that seem fair? Like those are the top three teams in the in in the West. Yes, I think so. St. Louis might be in there. I think it's going to be this year an Atlantic team versus Winnipeg or Nashville. So a central team? Yep. That's my bet. Yeah. Because look at how Ottawa nearly did it last year. Nashville's so hard to read, though. I know. It's like... It's hard to read Nashville right now because... A lot depends... This, I mean, we're only really halfway through. We're a little over halfway through the season, so it's pretty hard to make any predictions. We have but, what twenty something games left. Uh, well, the Leafs have what thirty one. Thirty. Yeah. So we're. And they're put, yeah. and they played some of the most games in the league. Like most guys, most teams are at like forty eight, forty nine. How has Boston played four fewer games than Toronto? But that means they have to play they the. The season ends on the same date for everybody. They have to play I know, it's just, those extra games sometime. Like I just I I and we play again tonight and they don't, I, I believe. Uh but we have to play some games against them too, so that'll be good. So maybe we Oh, can... sorry, I was mistaken. Boston does also play tonight. Well, that's good. I'm not That's the thing. Like it would be nice if we catch them, but I'm not gonna be i mean i'm not really upset if we don't yeah at this point i kind of like the if the leafs play like they have the last week and a half i can definitely see them catching boston if they trail off a bit then that's okay too because they're gonna they're like 15 points up on a playoff spot like yeah they're fine (laughs) i was concerned for a bit but we're, we're fine and then you're like oh wait the other teams behind us are terrible. Yeah, exactly. And um, do you want to do you want to play Who's That Leaf? We should. We should uh, wrap up the the pod here. Play some Who's That Leaf. Have we both prepared a, a Who's That Leaf this week? I have. You want me to start? Sure. You can go ahead. All right. I have a Toronto Maple Leaf here who was selected by San Jose in the fourth round of the draft. Is it Vesta in nineteen ninety? Damn it. What? Okay, so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So here's my who's that leaf. Um, there's lots of hype surrounding this player when he was traded to the Leafs at the 2007 NHL entry draft. Was it also Veskodoskola? Yes, it was! <laughs> Are you serious? 
That's why when you're like, he was drafted by San Jose, I'm like, oh my god, we picked the same player. <laughs> wow, my next clue was going to be he played for Farjastad, which was going to be followed by, oh, I'm taller than Vasatoskala, uh, which was also going to be followed by he had two assists in a game, which would I be notable that, for that this too, player. Yeah. He played 145 games over three seasons for the Leafs. He won 62 games over his three seasons played for the Leafs. Yeah, that's right. 62 games. He also allowed a 197-foot goal against. So, uh, What did you say your first, your first question was going to be? My first clue? Yeah, what was your first clue? There's lots of hype surrounding him when he was traded to the Leafs at the 07 NHL entry draft, which they traded a first-round pick for this guy. He would go on to win 62 games for them. In a long time. <laughs> uh, okay, so... so That's okay, too fun, funny. Fun stat. Vesitoskala won 62 games for the Leafs. Uh, Freddie Anderson has won 58 already. By the way, Freddie should be nominated for the Vesna. Did you know that he has a 930 save percentage since the end of October? He's, That's he's ridiculous. first in the league in save percentage since the end of October. He has been very good. I don't I don't know if he should I don't know if he should win. But he should be a finalist is what but you're saying? He should be top three? Damn, he should he should be a nominate. He should be a nominated, and Matthew should be nominated for the um, the Selkie. Oh, I don't think that's going to happen. I would, I would say that Anderson is more likely. He should be nominated. I'd say Anderson is more likely to be nominated for the Vesna than Matthews is for the Selkie. Just so Bob McKenzie did his halfway point um, league survey. Yep, and they had um, all of the surveyed coaches had Matthews as number two. For the award so that means that he would theoretically be nominated that's interesting because it's interesting because he doesn't get matched up against like babcock uses cadre as his matchup center yeah. but it's interesting that coaches view him as better defensively it's just i mean i don't disagree he's very good defensively and he's very responsible he just he doesn't get played against the other team's top players a lot. Yeah. You know what but I mean? That's just, I'm like, just quoting the quote. Like, Patrice Bergeron plays against the other team's top players all the time and destroys them. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good place to stop the podcast for today. The Leafs are going to play tonight against the Rangers, who have only won two of their last five games. So that's good for the Leafs because the Leafs have won four of their last five which is kind of amazing considering like a week and a half ago, we were talking about what's wrong with this team. Yeah. <laughs> amazing That's... what two weeks and a all-star break can do, but we've gone from this team. Well, to be fair, they did make some changes, which immediately led to more success. Who'd have thought? Damn. Ah, who'd have thought it, man. Crazy yeah. times. Anyways, thanks for listening. And uh, we hope that you will join us in the driveway again next week. Peace out.